You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starkville in the midweek. Hey, good night last night, Charlie. State winning in baseball, men's basketball with a big win. Softball had a home win yesterday, and yesterday was a good day. It's been good since Friday, hasn't it? It has. You know, Friday night, it's safe to say that I was not a happy person. (laughs) But after Saturday, I felt pretty good. After Sunday, I felt great. It's also safe to say that sometime last night, roughly about halftime, no, halftime plus about five, ten minutes, I wasn't a happy person again. I'm sitting here watching on my phone. You were at baseball. I was was at at basketball. So I'm watching baseball on my phone, or at least the live stats. You're at baseball trying to keep up with basketball. Which I, it was easy to do because I was watching. We were in a suite. Oh. Yeah, so we were watching the basketball game as we're watching baseball. And at one time there, we were mad about everything. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden. I'm still working to fix that, by the way, all of a sudden. And I've noticed you trying to work on it on the broadcast because you do it very well on the broadcast. So I, I'm, I'm trying to get dialed in. But all of a sudden, we felt better. We did. And so we'll talk more about basketball on the in the second segment, and then we'll finish up with baseball. Big week upcoming. And now you, you talk about men's basketball. Right now, the net, you know, right around 40, 42, somewhere in there. And so, hey, we said this a few weeks ago, Charlie. You were sitting in that same exact seat. I was sitting in this same exact seat, both wearing the headsets. And I said, we're going to win eight of our final ten games. We're going to be nine and nine going to the SEC tournament, and we're going to go to the NCAA tournament. And there was a lot of people that made fun of me, and I'm sitting there going, ha-ha, right now, because we got one game in front of us, and it's going to be tough. At Vanderbilt, it's always a tough place to play because they haven't put the benches where everybody else puts the benches. But we're in position to go to the NCAA tournament. We need that win at Vanderbilt. Last night, even though you get a win, it was unkind to your net ranking. 44 now. We dropped five spots with a win. Yeah. How about that? You would have dropped even further had you lost. Yeah, it had been over, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, we know what we got to do. Here's what I would say. If you can win on, on Saturday, you're in. I think so, because then it gets you the last four. Here's what's going to happen tonight is Alabama playing at home is going to beat Auburn. And that's going to throw Auburn into flux. And so you got so many moving parts right now. It's, Within the league, there's still a lot to shake out. It, it's it really almost is. impossible to play the scenarios because Alabama still has Auburn. They still have A&M. There, there's a lot, lot to be dealt with there. But here's what I know. I feel a lot better today than I felt on Friday night and Saturday morning, and I think people do. Baseball team. Still has its issues, but they're winning. 
Right. And they've beaten some good teams. That was a good win last night against USM. It was. It really was. And we'll talk now, more about that. It was a yeah. win against a quality opponent. I, I, we, a, a win is a win is a win. It's better than a loss. Than, you know, it's, it's, we felt better today than we did the day after the game last year down there when Tanner Hall just kind of shut us down. Now, Tanner Hall, we realized right then it was a pretty good pitcher. But we'll talk about all that on the other side of the break. We'll talk about basketball first. Once again, I'd like to thank our uh, great friends over at WFCA 107.9 and French Camp carrying the show each and every week. And, of course, we'll be back in the studios on Friday for Tracks Plus Deep Dig and then on Sunday with our Sunday coffee presented by Strange Brew Coffee House. Of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studio. Studios here in downtown Starville, Farm Bureau. Go with a home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. And so they have agents all across the state of Mississippi, home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for in the insurance world. Go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. And also on Out of Left Field during the midweek show, we're brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland produced right here in the state of Mississippi over in Itabina, just on the other side of Greenwood. And they service great restaurants throughout the country. And one of the restaurants they service is the Golden Chick. The Golden Chick is a franchise out in the, in the state of Texas. If you're going out to Frisco, I've talked to a lot of people that are going out to Frisco this week. And so around the Dallas Metroplex area, you've got that southern fried catfish combo that they have at the Golden Chick. And so a lot of people go to the Golden Chick for their tenders. But go to the Golden Chick eat the catfish and know it's coming from the ponds right here in the state of Mississippi. Farm to table, our good friends at Heartland Catfish. Well, we'll come back. We'll talk about Mississippi State winning last night over the South Carolina Gamecocks in basketball. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startville. Let's talk about basketball. Dogs winning 74-68 to last night over South Carolina. And this segment brought to you by our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing made right here in the state of Mississippi. We talked about Heartland a moment ago, and this is Country Pleasing. Both made right here in the Magnolia State. Of course, country pleasing, so many different varieties. It's a growing brand in grocery stores throughout the country now. And so go by the butcher shop down on Highway 49 in Florence. The best butcher shop you can possibly go in, and they're expanding that butcher shop. And also, if you're looking for catering orders in the Jackson area, hey, you need ribs for 200 people. They can do it. And that's our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Go to countrypleasing.com and they'll ship it to you. All right, Charlie, last night, 74-68, we went over South Carolina. At times, there were doubts. We talked about it going in, how last night was a game you just couldn't lose, but you kind of felt like you know, South Carolina was a team that if they made shots, they could stay in the game. And, hey, they came out early in the game, and they made a bunch of shots. For a while, it felt like G.G. Jackson just wasn't going to miss a shot. Because he was defended. Well, you talk about good-looking freshmen, by the way. Jackson was something else. But hand in his face. He had a fadeaway working that was (laughs) – if he makes that shot, it just can't be stopped. And the net effect was that we're sitting there at the media timeout at the eight-minute mark. We're sitting here today happy because we won. There were some pretty tense moments in that ball game because you're sitting there with eight minutes to go losing. Yeah, and I tell you what. I'm I'm a proponent 
I'm usually not a proponent of adding stat lines because we have all kind of analytical stats now to watch ball games. I would love to see the stat line between contested threes and open threes. Is that too much to ask? Because I think that changes everything. Are you hitting open threes? Are you hitting contested threes? Because I think just the three-point stat doesn't tell you the whole picture. Well, they hit a few from downtown Sturgis yeah. while they were at it. So that was an issue, too. I'm not certain that I want to see the open three stat. <laughs> I'm not sure that we can handle what that number is going to look like because we've missed our share of open threes, and there's a reason we get open looks. And at this point of the season, we are who we are. You should not be surprised that you pick up the stat sheet and see that we're 3 of 14. And there were a couple of times last night where I know DJ Jeffries had open looks. They get him the ball, and people kind of groan because he's not taking the shot. And I'm thinking, all right. Good job. Let's work the ball here. We don't need an early three. What's that old Hoosiers quote? Don't shoot it unless you're all alone underneath. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we were at times. Exactly. But I'll say this, having talked about our shooting, at the end of the ball game, coming out of that eight-minute timeout, uh, actually about the eight-minute mark, let me be a little more clear, we go seven out of nine shooting to end the game. We needed it. We did, and, you know, Shaq hit a big three from the right wing. But then after that, everything seemed to be within 10 feet. You know, he had a couple runners there. I thought Shaq Moore kind of took over in the second half a little bit. He scored 14 points in the second half. He had 20 for the game. Tolu was kind of opposite. He had 12 in the first half, four in the second half, had 16 total. But once again, Charlie, you know, we, we kind of know who we are. And we said early in the year, hey, we're going to have to shoot it better to be a, an elite basketball team. And you kind of felt like at that time we kind of are what we are as far as shooting. But 19 one, to 24 at the free throw line. That's what I was about to say. We have gotten better at the free throw line. Last night, 13 of 18 in the second half, 19 of 24 overall, 79% at the free throw line. You don't win last night if you're shooting the free throws like you did against Alabama. No, particularly because they went 16 of 17. Yeah, I mean, they made everything at the free throw line last night. And so, they, you know, South Carolina played better, but we, you know, you hate to use that term over and over and over. We did what we had to do, and that's win that basketball game. And Cam Matthews is still Cam Matthews. His defense of – I thought when they were – you know, we had the, he had his back to the passer – and they were going from top of the key out to the you know half court, just trying to reset the offense. And he knocked the ball free, started a fast break. I thought that was a big key in the game. And it was, you know, you look, you know, late in the first half, we kind of shut them down. We got rolling, got the running out in transition. You know, we we were just more athletic than South Carolina was. And then late in the game, t- kind of taking control. I mean, that's uh, looking at it now. And it's amazing. This team is 19 and 10, and you're 8 and 9 in the SEC. Actually, 20 and 10 right now, and one game left, and that's Vanderbilt. Which is not an arena that I like. So to you, put all my you don't in. like the arena. I kind of like Vanderbilt because it, the old feel to it. You know, you still have the wood bleachers. I like to, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those places you like to go once every other year. I rank Memorial Coliseum, Gymnasium, whatever you want to call the thing, uh, somewhere around the big house in Jackson. Do, do you really? Yeah, it's just with a raised court. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just not a fan of that arena. 
it's unique, and it, and I get it, but it just feels weird. Now, here's the thing. So let's talk about how it plays into coaching a game and playing. The first thing is this. Your coaching setup is very different because you are either trying to coach from a baseline or work your way down the sidelines, which the coaches can do. Yeah, they, they finally allow the coaches to walk the sidelines. But the problem is, what are we used to doing? You know, Chris Jans is used to doing. He's turning around talking to his staff the entire game. He's wearing out somebody who's watching video. He is he's plugged in. He's having conversations. Well, if you're down at the timeline, you can't be talking to your team on the bench. Takes that's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. The other thing is the background there is very different. I've seen visiting teams go into that gym and have a tough time shooting the basketball. You think about teams who play in the Coliseums, and then you go to the big arena. You know, it's like, why why can't people shoot well when you play in the Superdome? It's all depth perception. It's, it really messes with you. It's one of the places that if I were coaching, we would get there early the day before and take every minute, minute of practice time we were allowed. To me, one of the things about that gym, it's not just the shooting, is how your your eyesight and eye, you know your your lines of sight are everywhere on the floor. Because in every other arena, you have you know, your scores table, you have your benches right there beside the court, so it makes the court look smaller. And so there, you've got 30 feet of space before you ever get off that floor. I've seen guys just dribble out of bounds because – you know, everything is everything is so wide open there. I mean, you can't get your perception as far as setting up your press because it just feels like you're on a, a wide base. Anyway, good let win. me ask you this before we before we get off basketball. Let me let me ask you this question: Can you think of a time in Mississippi State basketball where we have ever rebounded? This is a team that lost five straight this year and has turned this thing around. Can you think of a time that that's happened? No, I can't. You know, the one thing you have to say is there has been one constant. I mean, even when we were not winning, we were playing hard, we were playing with effort, and we were defending. And so now you're shooting the basketball better. You're working the ball better. You're getting higher quality shots. Now, we're not shooting the ball, you know, from the outside, haven't done it all season long. But we're getting – I mean, we shot 50% in that game last night, 26 of 52 only 21% behind the three-point line. So that means you were 23 of 38, 23 of 38 inside the three-point line. So you did well in your offense of moving the ball. I think that's where this team has gotten better. And so you talk about you know, the turnaround. I think the effort has always been there. Now you're just getting more execution on the offensive side. I think that's where Chris Jans, you know, has, has really done a great job is because how many times, Charlie, remember Jackie Sherrill saying it all the time about how you can only get teams just hyped up, ready to play three, four times a year. I mean, this team has come out ready to play. Have we ever questioned effort? Not one single game this year, have we? No. No, not at all. It's just phenomenal to me. It is. It really is. It's been fun to watch. I mean, you talk about something that makes you proud to watch. I mean, I – I love watching these guys play basketball because I know at the end of the end of the the day they're whipped, they're worn out because they play so hard. Now I will say this: you talk about whipped and worn out, man. Our off season conditioning must have been unreal. <laughs> hey, and you know who we haven't mentioned yet, and it's a shame, Sean Jones. Yeah, 
Sean Jones, in 15 minutes last night, gives you 11 points. He makes two of your three made three-pointers in the game. He goes two for four. He attacks the basket well. He rebounds. He had four rebounds. Sean Jones is going to be a player. Yeah, he really is. Because there's another thing that's been somewhat of a constant on this team, and that is that freshmen just aren't going to get a ton of minutes. So the fact that Sean Jones comes in that nobody cared about coming in here, nobody was excited about, Sean Jones, number one, he is a good guy. He, yeah. he is an awesome guy, but he is humble. He works hard, but he can also play basketball. Yeah, he can. He really can. And just one of the reasons is people just didn't know a whole lot about him. I mean, he was the kind of guy that came in here late. And and he's not physically what you see. Now, that's the guy. You start to talk about how a career can take off. When that guy fills out, oh, when yeah. that guy has a summer in a weight room, he is going to be a different guy. Hey, another thing to talk about is we turned it over nine times last night. We had a couple lobs inside that we we threw away. But you look at a ball game and you had only nine turnovers and you forced 14. You didn't give them anything last night. A point. You made South Carolina kind of earn everything they got. They earned it at the free throw line. They earned it in the first half with their offense and making shots. But we only turned it over nine times. They only had eight points off of turnovers. We're a – I mean <laughs> – we're as well coached and well playing of a basketball team right now that have a difficult time shooting the basketball of anybody I've ever seen. Well, one of the things I want to point out too, though, is the success we have sharing the basketball. We made 26 shots in the game last night. 18 of those came after an assist. Yeah. And Cam Matthews, by the way, had five assists. So even our post players are sharing. Tolu had three. So eight of your 18 assists come from guys playing the four and the five and that to me well and hey there was one more for will mcnair so make it nine half your assist come from mcnair cam matthews and tolu smith that's something else that we've seen improve because yeah. early in the year when the ball got thrown into the post it was like throwing it into a black hole it wasn't coming back out save for a missed shot or a turnover. And how many times do you see that in basketball? When it goes inside, it ain't coming back out. And if if that that's one of the things I don't I don't know that that much attention has been paid to. Nine of your eighteen assists last night came from your four and five guys. No doubt. Well, basketball, good win last night. Now you got Vanderbilt on Saturday. Well when we come back, we'll talk about baseball. We're talking about men's basketball being in shape. Charlie, have you been to Hot Works yet? I have. Have you really? I have. Okay, I thought I was the only one. Then let me tell you this. I was told by a lot of people before I go to Hot Works to make sure you drink a plenty of water, and I did. And let me tell you this. I don't think I've ever sweat like that in my life. I mean, I was, I was sweating mayonnaise out there. I mean, it was it was awful. But anyway, felt better. Felt a lot better. They invite you to find a new place to exercise. You walk out, and everybody's like, what happened to that guy? You know, anyway. Well, we'll come back. We'll talk about baseball here on the midweek. Mississippi State uh, coming up this weekend, going out to Frisco, and we'll talk about the Bulldogs and the three-game set out there against Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Cal. You're listening to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. Well, welcome back. Final segment of Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bark Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. And, of course, we'll have our Tracks Plus deep dig on Friday. Tracks Plus 
Go to TraxPlus.com if you're in the market for heavy machinery. If you're in the uh, in the world of land clearing, of course, you don't have to be in land clearing. If you're just in dirt construction, those Saney excavators and mini excavators, if you need a tractor, a Massey Ferguson tractor and implements, five locations now, Hickory, Startwell, Columbus, Summit, Mississippi, Alexandria, Louisiana, and Bessemer, Alabama, our good friends at Tracks Plus. All right, baseball last night. Charlie, I was there. You were at basketball. It was just one of those back-and-forth games early on. Southern Miss came out. They scored two runs in the second. We scored five runs in the bottom of the second inning. They got four runs in the fifth inning, extended the lead out to nine to six in the eighth. and Then we were able to score four times in the bottom of the eighth inning. It was just kind of back-and-forth. But, man, you look at the box score of that game last night. Southern Miss had nine runs on five hits. Nine runs on five hits. We had ten runs on seven hits. And once again, you go back to throwing strikes. I mean, we walked eight times last night. We walked Southern Miss 11 times last night. We hit a batter. And so it's amazing how you look across college. Oh, you're missing the big one. What I miss? We kicked the ball around three times, too. Well, and I was right now. You're bearing the lead, man. It is. Right now, we're the you know, worst fielding team in the league. We're the only team in the SEC. And that's with some. Oh, that's what I was about to say. That's that's with some very advantageous scoring, where where it could be, it's really a lot worse than it seems. Okay, <laughs> and, right. you know, and so you know we've got thirteen errors. We're the only team in the league right now. Double How about di- that? You're, double digits. You're trying to complain and listing off the things we do wrong, and I interrupt you to give you another one. So I apologize. Well, and not only. I mean, you were really piling on right there. Now, last night. Southern Miss had its difficulties throwing strikes. We had the difficulties throwing strikes. I know some people like to, you know, question the umpire. Ray Gregson was behind the plate last night. I didn't think anything was egregious. I thought he missed one breaking ball, you know, late in the game where I thought we we threw it right down the pipe. But, I mean, other than that, but everybody's missing. And I've I've talked to different coaches around not just the Southeastern Conference but across the, the Southeast and, Everybody's saying the same thing right now. Everybody's having trouble throwing strikes. Now, I think when you look at the league stats, we're having a more difficult time than a lot of teams. Now, Ole Miss leads the league in walks. They've thrown 51 walks. We've we've issued 48. Now, I will say this. We've walked 48 in five more innings than Ole Miss. They've walked 51 in five fewer innings. So, if there is something to be taken from this – it's that winning a national championship wrecks your pitching staff. I think so. I think that's what you got to go with it. Because do you know who is – It's just the price you pay. Do you know – say We're next to last in the league in walks. Do you know who's right in front of us? Do you know who is in 12th place in the SEC in walks? <laughs> Vandy. Vandy. Are they really? Yeah. Vandy, State, Ole Miss have issued the most walks here early in the season. Boy, you think about the trouble we're having getting used to walks. Think about when you've had Lighter and Rocker and some of those guys, and now you can't throw strikes. Yeah, they no. must really be feeling it. They're not acclimated. Um, but it's happening all over baseball. It brings up a couple of things. First, let's talk a little bit, because I've had some people ask about the new rules and what exactly the new rules are in the SEC this year. And the first is easy, 10-run rule. Right. So if you're losing by 10, winning by 10, after 7, Bang it, we're all headed home. But in non-conference play, everybody has to agree to it. 
and you might or might not. It might or might. This past weekend, ways. this this weekend, we did not have the 10-run rule. Did not have the 10-run rule in effect last week in the midweek against Louisiana Monroe. And what I've said, some people, Coach Polk was one in our discussions with him that you ought to have the rule. It ought to be the rule and stay the rule. One of the advantages, though, to not putting that rule into place, and it's not always fun to do, but if you can step back and think as a coach early in the season, even if you're getting beat, go ahead and treat it like a spring training game in Major League Baseball. Let's get a few other guys out there. Well, look at Arizona State this past weekend. You know, we're hammering them on Sunday, and they're rolling out freshmen who had never pitched before. And so it gives you an opportunity to throw some guys out there in non-leveraged situations. And see what you got. And just throw them out there. Because how many guys are born out of those opportunities? You throw a guy out there on a Tuesday night in a nine-run ball game. Evan Sierra. Evan Sierra. Absolutely. And now, you're going to see him pitch big innings this weekend. You're going to see him pitch big innings this weekend. You're going to see. I think you're going to see Gerangelo pitch some big innings this weekend. Yeah, I think some really big innings. Very big innings. And so – I think you'll see some of those guys really helping. The fact that Gerangelo didn't pitch last night, I think, tells you a lot about how much you'll see him this weekend. I don't see him coming in as a one-inning guy. You know, I think I think we will see him pitch this weekend. So, um, but getting back to the rule changes, 10-run rule. All right, the next set of rules, though, have to do with pace of play. The first is once a batter is out, once the play has ended – 30 seconds until the next batter. Yes. You got 30 seconds, and you you got to get up there, get in the box. You can't dance around, fix your gloves, listen to the verse two of your walk-up song. You got 30 seconds. And it's also on the marketing staff, you better start playing the walk-up song. Because let me tell you this, evidently last weekend, our normal player, we have walk-up songs now in 12U baseball, which I think is an abomination to the sport. Yes. So last weekend, Jen had to play the walk-up songs. Okay, first of all, I told her just to just to disconnect and not do it. But I told her, whatever you're doing, do not play the walk-up song when the kid's toeing the rubber and ready to pitch. Just don't do it. No, you can't do it. Anyway, that. sorry, Charlie. So walk-up songs have got to get shorter. But here's the big one: you got 20 seconds between batters. Excuse me, between pitches. You throw one, you, once it hits your glove, you got 20 seconds when it's back to the pitcher. And at 10 seconds, the batter has to be in the box, and to use their phrase, alert to the pitcher. Can't be with your hand up, you can't be wiggling around, you can't be drawing things in the dirt, or in our case, in the AstroTurf, or whatever we call that abomination. Anyway, We're going to get some box cutters, I'm telling you. Before this season's over. You know, in 1986, like the moment the season ended, People had saws and everything because they wanted to take home a piece of wood from the wooden bleachers. <laughs> so, because that's when they built the next version of Duty Noble. I would love it if Chris Lamonis would just say, after the final game, everybody just take the field and rip up whatever part of this turf you want. <laughs> yeah. I've got no problem with the AstroTurf in foul territory because that, that area gets worn down a little bit because you have camps and things of that nature. But uh, anyway, so getting off that, 20 seconds. By the way, and I know it's not our basketball segment, I can't believe that I didn't complain about our students and our band once again. You've been on this for months. Once again. You've been on this for months. Yelling sit down in the final minute of a game. We got Deshaun, and he misses. 
He misses the free throw, and that was his only. You want cause and effect? He was five of six. He missed one. It's as he is in mid-shot, we're up there screaming, sit down, and thinking that's the greatest thing ever. That's right. In any event, back to baseball. 20 seconds, 10 seconds, the batter has to be alert to the batter. Pitching visits, now 30 seconds. Scott Foxhall is going to have to get get on out there. You ain't got a lot of time to argue or talk. Yeah, you, I mean, you can really just get out there and say, hey, I need you to calm down here. Good luck to you and throw strikes. Head on back. Two and a half minutes on a pitching change. So once the guy crosses the turf, crosses the warning track, clock starts. You got two and a half minutes. So you can't just walk in from the outfield anymore. You got to no. be in good shape if you're a, a guy coming from the bullpen. I think we can bring back the – the golf carts. Remember the old major <laughs> leagues? They drive the guy in from the bullpen. Had the hat on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the big rule changes. But the biggest one is that the batter has to be alert to the pitcher. One of the things that I was interested in, I was reading an article today, and I was also listening to one of our favorite stations, KTCK, the ticket in Dallas-Fort Worth. And they were talking about the implementation. There's a similar rule going into Major League Baseball. There, if no one is on base, you have 15 seconds. Wow. Somebody on base, you have 20. But same kind of deal. The batter's got to be ready to go. And I was listening because a lot of people think that the pitchers won't like this. And some of the guys who are a little more progressive in their thinking say they love it. Well, that's what I was about to say. If I'm a pitcher, I love this. Because they talk about the old Texas Ranger, Mike Hargrove, known as the human rain delay. Yeah. He would step out, look around, fix his gloves, do some things. And now what they say is, man, I'm ready to throw as soon as he gets in the box. And to some degree, I as the pitcher am dictating the pace. Now, one thing to watch out for, I thought this was interesting. Pitchers now placing a little more premium on being in shape. That's what I, yeah. Uh, to me, that's the big thing there is you got to be in better shape. Because you don't get a minute and a half rest every time you uncork one, right? <laughs> So, I think it is something that's going to bother us more now than later. It will, I think it will probably bother us less. The thing that I take offense to is having a pitch clock issue and the umpire's talking for two and a half minutes to decide whether to award a ball or not. Yeah. I mean, we had that situation we last did. weekend. Something went wrong with the pitch clock. They meet for two and a half minutes. Well, I would think, you know, I, th- I think right now was changing, and you had the 20-second pitch clock in effect last year, but you didn't have the situation where the batter had to be in 10 seconds to go. And so, so many, so many teams offensively were waiting to five seconds to go. And so then the pitcher is almost like, I got to throw it in a hurry. Now you, you, you have something that's structured of, I know if I want to work fast, I can work fast. And it keeps the hitter from gaming it. Right. This, this change of making the batter be in the box alert to the hitter has been probably the thing that helped switch it back to the pitcher. That was actually a big dispute in the College World Series the year we won. Everybody was complaining about the number of hitters. I say everybody. The coaches were complaining to the umpires about the number of hitters who were taking their time, and by the time they step in, the pitcher doesn't have time to get signs and then deliver the pitch. So some equity there, but those are things you're going to see. We saw a game at LSU this weekend end on a called strike that was assessed because the batter wasn't ready. So you talk about switching it back. Hey, we've we've talked about walks. We've talked about how this affects batters, but how it affects hitters. 
And so you look at us. I mean, three of the last four games, we've had seven or fewer hits. And so it, it seems to me like as a batter, you know, when you're used to all the way from 11U to dictating the time, I can take my time and I can draw in the dirt and I can walk up there and take my time. And now all of a sudden I'm being rushed a little bit. Well, you don't have time to beat your chest and walk around and fix yeah. the gloves and all that stuff. It's coming at you in a hurry. You don't have time to make a mental adjustment. No, you don't. Hey, one, another thing that we were talking about, we've talked about this on the broadcast, about the electronic devices that pitchers and fielders can wear on their glove. Now, Drangelo has to wear it on his belt because he throws with both arms. But everybody now can use those devices. When they those devices came out, you could have the pitcher – Maybe the first baseman, it was like one infielder and then one outfielder could tell what pitch was about to be thrown. And now everybody can use those devices. If I'm Dakota Jordan standing in left field, I can look at my left wrist and know here comes a fastball inside, and I can be prepared for that pitch. And so if you look, see people looking down what looks like a, a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, that's what they're doing. They're looking before every pitch of knowing what pitch is coming. So it's, it's a different time and a different game. All right, Charlie. Startville.org, the Greater Startville Development Partnership. If you're coming to Startville for ball games, hey, SEC play is not far off from now. It's the springtime of the year. You've got the, the market that's going to probably open up in another month. And uh, so make your plans when you come to Startville as far as where you want to go eat, get the reservations. we got some new restaurants in town. It's always something going on here in Startville. Well, one of the things going on right now, Bart, I'm participating, as is my whole office. And the Startwell Strides Challenge. Are you really? Here in Startwell. So you're doing that in addition to the Hot Works? Oh, yeah. I'm all in. Really? I'm all in. In fact, I've been striding already this morning in my new Hocus, thanks to the guys over at Feet Fleet. But, um, yeah, so a lot going on here in Startwell. One of the things I always get excited about are when we have new restaurants. and We're seeing that through the Cotton District right now. We've got some new restaurants, and we've, of course, got the, the old mainstays. If we weren't broadcasting, I think what I would do is I would park my car downtown and I would walk to the games from here. And I'd just kind of meander. Meander through the restaurants, talk yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah, it'd be good. Probably meander. That's a good word for the day, meander. So I would make my way over there. I am also get excited, though, when the farmer's market. And we're not too long from that coming back out. So a lot going on here in Starkville. And, of course, I'm still really excited about the – new baseball park that's coming it's coming up to op opening up the summer and so have teams coming in here be a big economic engine to the area because let me tell you this we're living it right now there's a big economic engine that comes along with travel ball tournaments i would never have believed it until we lived it oh yeah the number of people that it brings into a community and this park's going to be first class so a lot of good things going on in starball right now we need to start having pickleball tournaments Pickleball is a big deal. I have never played pickleball. You know, I think that's something that we need to take up right now. Pickleball. I think I've taken up quite enough. If I if I developed another, I had somebody tell me last night something I need to start doing, and I told the guy, I was like, let me, let me tell you, if I develop another hobby right now, I don't know if I will do it in a married sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, and uh, enjoyed it as always. Once again, thanks to our great friends over at WFCA 107.9 for – airing the show each and every midweek. Of course, we'll have, be back on Friday for our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Charlie will be remote from the great state of Texas. You're going over there this weekend, right? I am. 
A big weekend. It really is. So let me, let me ask you this. What do you think we will learn about our baseball team this weekend? I think you're going to learn that we're better than we think we are. I think that's what we're going to learn is I know, yeah, we've lost some games. We have not played well. One game against Arizona State and a game against Louisiana Monroe. And I think this team is going to be very volatile. <laughs> I think, you know, we're going to have some of those days where, man, you just kind of lose your mind. The coaches lose their mind. Everybody loses their mind. But I think there are pieces there. I think there are pieces there to have a pretty good baseball team. And, you know, we'll see against Ohio State. Have not played Ohio State, by the way, since they had an outfielder by the name of Nick Swisher. Oh, man. Nick Swisher, one-time Cleveland Indian at the time. It was an Indian and a Yankee. Yeah, we try to forget the Nick Swisher years in my home, but that's okay. Well, then uh, Oklahoma. We played Oklahoma one time in Corpus Christi, Texas. That was in like 2010. And if ever there should be an enemy of Mississippi State University in the baseball world, it is Oklahoma because they didn't get it done last year. Did not get it done. Didn't get it done when it mattered. No, those guys are losers. And then – Hey, we played them in Florida State. Sure did. Championship round, man. Had to beat them twice. And then we play Cal. I'm trying to think, have we ever played Cal? It's been a long time if we played Cal. And so we play them on Sunday. If I told you right now that I'm giving you two out of three, you're taking it. Absolutely. Right now. Sign me up right now. So we play the night game on Friday, afternoon game on Saturday, and then the morning game, 11 a.m. on Sunday. We'll be back in the midweek next week at home. We play, I think, Valpo and then Lipscomb next week at home. Home of Bryce Drew. He got it done. He got it done. Oklahoma needs notes from Bryce Drew. Charlie, enjoyed it. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Tracks Plus, go to tracksplus.com for heavy equipment. Heartland, of course, get that great Heartland catfish at the Golden Chick restaurants in the state of Texas. So if you're going out to watch the dogs play this weekend, stop by a Golden Chick and get the catfish platter. Our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage, starville.org, Mississippi's college town. Good friends at Hot Work, Fleet Feed, and, of course, Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.